Welcome to the Focus Film Podcast, a drink and a chat about film. In episode 13, we're joined by Hugo Andre to talk about his new film, Makeup. On episode 13. 13. This so could be awful. So surely we've been doing this more than a year now. Yeah, we should have celebrated last year, last week, last, last month. month. Fucking hell. <laughs> so no, no, because this would be the 13th month. Yeah. So this is a year on. Right? Okay, yeah. No? Yeah, I'm with you. I've, I've convinced myself Because the first episode is not episode zero. Exactly. Just like you're born at zero, but then you live a year before you turn one. Yeah. Do you the good thing days? is the, the quality has shot up since the first one. It's it? absolutely... The, the, the depth and of bounds. the banter. Just this pitter-patter here is very good. I was eating sweets in the first episode and now I'm sat here eating raisins. Well, that says more about you than this podcast. Cheers. We are drinking beer though, like we were in the first podcast. We were a couple of cans we had in the first one mm-hmm. and now we're having a couple of beers. A couple of bottles. Bottles are better in summer, do you find? Yeah, because they stay cold. Mm. But cans in summer as well are good, you know? Yeah, but I prefer a bottle, so I'm saying. Right, okay. And equally, a bottle in the winter, it's like, oh, I'm cold enough as it is. I didn't know there was so much to just wrap my head around. Just notice it, is what I'm saying. In a glass is better all year round. I offered you a glass, but you didn't. No, but it's the summer, so I have it in a bottle. So you have it. If you offered me a can, I'd have it in a glass. Right. What we're saying is glass is better all round. In general. Speaking of which, we went on a brewery tour this month. Mmm. And we did. We also watched a film, so there's a link. I can tell. Can I tell the story? You tell the story. Well, it's not much of a story. Um, so it was my stag do. Like I said, it's a story. Yeah, we went on a brewery tour to Round Corner Brewing, which was the first beer we had on uh, a year ago on on the podcast. Yeah, and then and I'm wearing the t-shirt now. You are. And then so we started at one o'clock. We we're pretty drunk by what six. I think we were pretty drunk by the brewery. Yeah, pretty drunk. And then, top lads that they were, they hired out the local cinema, which is a boutique cinema called The Regal in Melton Mowbray. And yeah, booked out for all of us. And they booked us to see Back to the Future. Amazing. Amazing, wasn't it? Your favourite film? One of my favourite films. I loved watching it again. So, but because, you know, it had been a day, warm, drunk, and I just fell asleep in the bathroom. Yep. Was it just sleep or sick? No, I was sick as well. Sick first, then sleep. I don't know. <laughs> to <laughs> so say the truth. I, uh, I went to check on him twice. The first time he was asleep. And I said, you're right, Alice. And he went, uh, I just left, let you be. And then I was probably in act three of the film. Went back and checked. and it. It's it, very nice of you as the stag to come and check that I'm alive. And then, yeah, the second time wasn't any, you weren't any better. Let's put it that way. But then we left the cinema and I got better. I yeah. was there for the reveal of the film is Back to the Future. Heard your reaction of, ho, 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 you were loving it. Loving it. Because it came up like a Steven Spielberg production yeah. first. You were like, oh. With the TikToks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then as yeah. soon as it was revealed, you were you were buzzing. Yeah. So I was there for that, which I'm very happy about. And I did come in again and stood at the, or sat on the steps at the back and saw a little bit when they'd just gone back. 
Yeah. So I did see a bit of it. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, from what I've heard, most people fell asleep. A lot of people did. Yeah. So, I, I didn't. No. And I didn't throw up. I wasn't the story of the evening, apart no. from the fact it was my... It was yeah. your stag. But yeah, then we had a nice boogie, didn't we, next door? And then that was that. A very nice boogie. So that actually ties in with the f- the first part of this podcast, which is to talk about the list. And that was a major part of the list this month. The difference is you've logged back to the future, have you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I haven't. I think I said to you, you better not bloody <laughs> log back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Missed it. That's what you should. You should log it. Yeah, but but completely missed Completely this. missed the whole thing. But I had planned to go. I have seen it a number of times. I think you've seen it enough to log it again. Yeah. Right? Because it's not counting to No, it. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. But it's too late now. Yeah. But it was a really good day, apart from that. It was a great day. A fantastic time. A really good. There was a moment um, where I was filming you. I've got a video on my phone. I was filming you. And then one of the other members of the Stag Do said, is this going to be a podcast special? Did uh, they? Yeah. Who was that? I think it was Paul, uh, who's been on the podcast. So he has. We don't have to be coy about who it was. Yeah. But I think he was like, "Is this going to be a podcast special?" And you were like, "Yeah." So we've uh, we're you you're like we're six hours in, zero films, and I was behind the camera like he doesn't know, but we're going to be watching a film. He has yeah. no idea. Well, we've just been to the cinema. We have just well. been to the cinema. Just got back. Just returned. It was um, a bit of a rushed visit. Yeah. Sorry about that. It's all right. It's because you uh, you decided to cook your tea 20 minutes before we <laughs> had to leave. filled the shelving unit. Filled the shelving unit. <laughs> On reflection, bit of a silly. Busy, busy boy. But Gareth had said, I'm making a pasta bake, so I'm going to eat before I come. I was like, Christ, right, I need to eat before I go then, so that Gareth's not sitting around watching me eat when we get back from the cinema. Mm. Gareth turned up. I hadn't eaten yet. It was cooked, but I was just about to start a eating. A full plate as well. It was a big plate yeah, of food. It was. <laughs> you <laughs> need to work on portion you didn't, sizes. You didn't think, I'm going to the cinema, I best have a small plate and then... No. I thought, this I'm is how much f- I'm going to eat. a full tin of beans. Yeah. Was it a full tin? It was one of the thin uh, tins, you know? Half a tin then. I nearly went for the sausages and beans, but then I just went for the beans. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I hadn't eaten. Well, I had a one slice of bread. It was a blue yeah. but It was big. I have done nothing but try and feed you since you've been in my company and you've just rejected everything. Even every, the raisins. Every, yeah, but I mean, that's a poor showing, really. <laughs> raisins. I've breadsticks. No? I've got mini milk. You went for that last time. Oh, I did. I've had a lot of popcorn now. Raisins mm. or breadstick? Or a bit of pineapple. No, I'm all right. Okay. I've had a lot of sweet popcorn now. It's getting towards the end of the week, you see, so the cupboards get a little bit. You're quite good at having stock. Stock. <laughs> it's not stock like vegetable stock, as in you've got stuff like we just buy stock snacks week by week. Yeah. Whereas you're quite good at keeping. Well, we, we give in. You, you'd think that, wouldn't you? We give the facade of organisation. Right. But I know you're coming. Of course. I'd never thought about it like that. Yeah. I just thought, oh, Gareth's always got a full cupboard. But that's because he knows... Behind the scenes, we're living hand-to-mouth, mate. Right. (laughs) Um, So we went to watch Asteroid City. And um, we, yes, we walked in with a few minutes to spare. I had a far too big a popcorn. And Asteroid City, if you're going to go, it's the Wes Anderson film, of course. Um, It's not a loud snack film. If you're going to go, yeah, get some that you can chew quietly. Like raisins. I last had that experience with, um, what's that film that was a stage show? Woman in Black. Uh, That's a very quiet film. mm -hmm. And Sarah kept looking at me like, 
I'm like, well, I've got popcorn. What do you want me to do? <laughs> what do you expect? I guess that was a thing with a quiet place. Not that I've seen it. Uh-huh. Imagine. But anyway, I. Uh, but the the lucky thing was the two other people in the cinema, they left. They left. So I don't mind annoying you. And we had the cinema to ourselves. Oh, we did. It was took lovely. our shoes off. It we did because <laughs> I put my feet up and then you took your shoes off and then put your feet up and I thought right okay clearly I've been disrespectful. <laughs> yeah, to upholstery. Yeah, but I the film Asteroid City. I loved it. Yes, I have a, a bit of a love hate relationship with Wes Anderson films. I sometimes I didn't really like the Budapest Hotel one, and you love that, didn't you? Yeah, I do. Yeah. But I didn't get on with it. Um, but I really enjoyed this one. I thought it was it suited his style. Mm. The story did because it was set in a theater and um, just the way because it's it, it's in like the desert. Just suits yeah. the panorama. City, yeah, yeah. Don't one of the best cameos of all time. Yep. We won't say who it is. No, but it but is brilliant. It is brilliant. And there's yeah, a, go on. There's a fantastic musical number. <laughs> Uh, it was possibly the highlight of the film for yeah. me. I loved it. And I loved Steve Carell keeps saying, of course, I understand. Which is obviously like the thing of like, if someone's got, a pr- it starts off, someone's got a problem at his motel. So mm. he's like, of course, I understand. Like, I understand your problem. Yeah. But what about this? But then as it goes on, it's just his like, it's like he's been trained. That's what he should say to his customers or he's read it in a book somewhere. Yeah. So he just says it to everyone. And I love that. I just enjoyed that sort of post-war America in the 50s where anything seemed possible. So all the vendor machines, um, the even, I kept laughing at the... Because the, the, one of the main attractions is the asteroid um, bowl. What you yeah, call it? yeah uh, crater. And you can visit it, but there's a walk track right in the middle. You can't... <laughs> but then you can go either way. <laughs> yeah, but that was blocked off. You can't yeah. go past it. Yeah. So yeah, just those little things I just thought was really nice. So I give it four star. Me too. The cast as well. Tom Hanks, Steve Carell, uh, Jason Schwartzman, Scarlett Johansson, Tilda Swinton. And I was saying to you on the drive back, uh, part it's caught, caught me in a good time where I'm just sick, getting sick of franchises, mm. universes. Me too. Which is big for you. Well, at this time a year ago, you were starting to get a little bit it's tired of it all. Yeah. But I was still okay with it. This year, with the recent trips to the cinema that I've been to, so Indiana Jones. Yeah. The Flash. Mm-hmm. And Transformers Rise of the Beasts. Yes. They've all kind of done similar things of like just big blockbusters that don't really mean anything. I sit there thinking, even if a film doesn't have to mean anything, it should still be serving cinema in some way that you're watching it. Like, I'm so glad this film was made. And none of those three films made me like, I'm so glad this film was made. Mm -hmm. They just seem to exist for money purposes. Which obviously is part of what film is. But I think when you then watch something like Across the Spider-Verse, you can see the passion that is poured into every single Yeah, you can do both. You can make money and make a good film. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look at the later part of the Infinity Saga of MCU, Infinity War, Endgame. They obviously cared about the end of the characters. They cared about what happened to everyone. Yeah. I think we're just going through a bit of a post-pandemic phase where streamers, uh, the the temperature's gone off streamers from an investment yeah, point yeah. of view. Um, and all the films that are coming out now are sort of just at the tail end of the were made at the tail end of the pandemic. Well, the thing is as well that we've had is from a writing perspective, 
you had Infinity War come out mm-hmm. that ended with that big cliffhanger. Think about this year. Across the Spider-Verse is a part one. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning is a part one. Dune, Dune. is a part two. Yep. So these part one and part two things are appealing to writers. But also, I think from the effects of Spider-Man No Way Home, I don't think we'd have got Michael Keaton back as the Batman in Flash if we hadn't have had Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield showing up in Spider-Man No Way Home. I think yeah. that has... The MCU was so popular, and now that that's kind of plateaued, and people aren't as bothered by the MCU currently or are losing faith a little bit. It's having an effect on all of blockbuster cinema. Yeah. With Transformers, I don't know how to rate it, I put in my review, because I kind of enjoyed it, even though I knew it was not that great. There was sort of a, not as much expectation, and Transformers generally kick-ass. Bumblebee, there was a woman sat next to me every time Bumblebee came on screen, she was like, yes! Um, so I think I had more going for it than say the flash where See, the, I preferred the flash. To I, Transformers. I did prefer the flash, but I thought Transformers was fine. I, so when it started and you had all the noises, I was like, yes, yeah, I didn't know how much I'd missed this. But then as soon as I don't know, it just got silly. They just rolled Optimus Prime in when pro- they probably didn't need to, but they just rolled him in and then yeah. rolled him out. If you're going Transformers and then. I, I don't know. I just, I found it all a little bit. <sighs> yeah. Well, DC, it's still in their old phase, isn't it? Well, now they're leaving it and James Gunn is starting his new, which if if the casting of his Superman and Lois Lane is anything to go by. Which are? I don't even know. Rachel it. Brosnahan is uh, Lois Lane. I forget the guy's name is playing Superman, but they just instantly, they look the part. They, I mean, Rachel Brosnahan's great. Yeah. Where do... To me, the DC stuff that works is that they're all... It's when they go different. So like the Joker. I just think there's a... um, I just think there's a a case to be made for them not to keep the same style between each character. Yeah, yeah, to make them different. Yeah. Well, that's... That's definitely... I mean, it's just having original directors, isn't it? Being... The, doing the different things. I mean, it's why James Gunn's Guardians films have been some of the most loved in the MCU because they're different. Because it's got his his kind of twist on things, and that that can be said for other. Like I think Ryan Coogler's direction in the two Black Panther films is very different to a lot of stuff in the MCU, although it follows the blockbuster formula. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Like Matt Reeves, the Batman, completely yeah. different to a lot of what was going on in the DC at the time. I mean, it's separate, isn't it? But that's, I think that's something special. Yeah. And very comic booky to have different styles yeah, of definitely. the same characters and stuff. Yeah. And that will only come from hiring different people to work on the films. But I don't have faith that they're going to do that. I feel like they've hired James Gunn to make it a unified universe. Mm. But he's gone very dark with the sto- with the characters he's picked and stuff. Oh, really? It's very dark. So... Yeah. Whereas if you look at the 60s Batman of Adam West. There's room for a 60s Batman. There is. That's what I mean. There's room for that. We'll see. We'll I've, had see. A, I've had a rewatch month this month, like more than usual. It's only a few. Yeah. I'll talk you through them Go if on. you like. Yeah. So I've obviously rewatched Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs for our podcast, which you can go and listen to. Of course. Film Club number nine. Number nine. I Love You Man. Thank I just, you. 
I rewatched it, the film. Right. With Paul Rudd, slap the bass. Slap the bass. Slap the bass. Slap the bass, man. <laughs> <laughs> and I said to you, uh, I cringe how much, or no, I put it on my review, but um, I cringe often. I used to quote that when I first saw it. Mm. But I wanted, it was Friday night, I wanted it. I wanted mm. slap, slap Sometimes bass. I do that a lot with animation. There'll be a certain animated film that I've got, like, in a minute, living in my head, like, you have to watch this film. It's the Simpsons movie. Just keeps telling me you've got to watch it, so I'm going to have to watch that soon. Sometimes you need those nights. And um, generally, that was a phase of good comedy around that time. And we're out of good comedies at the minute. We need them to come back. Buddy comedies, any of that. See, I don't love those that era of comedy. But... I see what you mean. Imagine those sort of comedies being made now. We need it. Like yeah. Game Night. Oh, yeah. Oh, Game Night was great. Yeah. I loved Game Night. That's like the, the very tail end of that phase. I guess there is great comedy in that. Like, you've got, like, the Edgar Wright stuff going on in there. Tyker's stuff going on in there as well. Do you like A Lovey Man? I don't mind it. It's not my favourite, but I don't mind no, it. No, but it's, like, entertaining. Yeah. It needs some entertainment, yeah, right? sure. Go on. What else are you rewatching? Uh, Back to the Future, obviously. We've talked about that. Ten Things I Hate About You. Yep. Do you like that? Yep. Good film. Um, and then Hot Fuzz because it came on ITV so I even put up with the adverts because I loved it so much I don't know if I oh Hot Fuzz was last month for me but it's so good <sighs> it's one of the best yeah I said to you that I even Sarah was laughing so hard that she missed a line and so I said it to her after it I think it's when the old man goes cock yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's so fun it's so good it's such a it's just there's nothing quite like Hot Fuzz. Did I tell you where I watched it originally? Did I tell you that? don't think so. Watched it in Australia. Australia's come up twice today. Last time it came up, you were talking about playing bowls. Yeah. <laughs> now you're watching Hot Fuzz. Same um, day. Quite a similar time, not right. that far off. But uh, I... There was quite a full cinema. And I was laughing at everything because it's very British. Mm. And no one else was laughing. I very distinctly remember that wow. I was like, no one gets this comedy. Oh. But it was all the little bits. I just, I don't think it translates that well everywhere. No. Some of that very British. You know, it's just all me <laughs> <laughs> uh, What about you? What have you been watching then? Come on. Well, I was, Out with it. you've said about rewatches now. So I was going to look yeah. at, I've rewatched Surf's Up for Becky's birthday. We watched that. It hits every time. It's so good. We watch Fantastic Mr. Fox. Can I pause you there? Go how, on. Off, how many times a year do you watch Surf's Up? Once a year. Just once. That's but surprising. There's not many films that I think I watch once a year. I think Surf's Up and Hot Fuzz. Yeah. And Home Alone every year. Okay. Uh, what else have I rewatched? In Bruges. Rewatched that again with Becky. So me and Becky have started something where once a week <clears throat> I'm going to pick a film. And we're going to watch it. We've done a couple, but now after In Bruges... So you basically make her watch a film every week? Basically. Right. But now... Does she get a look in? Uh, well, yes, she has to this point. With to I've this watched, point, but I'm putting a <laughs> stop to it. Look, when I've had to watch Aquamarine... <laughs> right. And oh, what was the other one I had to watch? Some shit. Becky loves... Oh, unbelievable. She has a great taste in some like music. In shit. She has a great taste of music. <laughs> she 
she has a great taste in music in some cases. You know, whoever. There's, there's loads of good... But then she also likes the shite. The, like, 90s, noughties oh. crossover pop shite. But it's because you think it's shite. I think it's shite. I'm a snob. If she had a podcast, she'd be like, well... Ellis likes the, some of the good stuff. Yeah. But he doesn't like all the 90s like, yeah, classics. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, d- I think if she gotta, was there, You've got to she... be a democracy in a couple, you know. Yeah. You've got to take a rough, rough with the smooth. The, basically, what it comes down to is, I've watched a fair amount of films. You have. Yeah, there's no denying. Um, Becky hasn't. But Becky hasn't seen the classics. Right. So that's what I'm getting on. So she hasn't seen Jurassic Park. She hasn't seen Raiders of the Lost Ark. She hasn't seen The Godfather. She hasn't seen. Uh, oh, I'm thinking of other classics and. That's enough. I get the. But yeah, get you get the idea. Yeah. Okay, but even ones like Bad Boys, and Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. Films that like are classics, but not the ones you instantly think of as well. So we're going to go into that. But Becky will also be picking films for me to watch. But the problem is, mine are classic films, whereas Becky's often. Uh, so we used to do three choices. And Becky once gave me the choices. I gave her the choices of Empire Strikes Back, Jurassic Park, yeah. and Hot Fuzz. Right. A great lineup. Okay. Yeah. Becky's lineup for me, Aquamarine, yeah. Teen Beach Movie, and Wild Child. Yeah, I understand you see where you're coming from. You see from, where I'm coming from? But rough and smooth. There's a room for those films, and I will watch them. But Will you, though? I Sounds like you've put to, a ban in place. I haven't put a ban in place. I'm just yet to enjoy one. I don't know if Becky listens mm. to this, but I'm on your side, Becky. Team Becky. I, I watched... Uh, oh, what was the one? Love, Rosie. You seen that? No, I haven't. I quite enjoyed that one. Four stars I gave it. Bloody hell. That was probably an oversight, but four stars... I enjoyed Love, Rosie. <laughs> <laughs> but mm. I've not really spoken about the films on my list, but what I'm saying is... We do this thing where we pick films for each other to watch, and it's nice. Yeah. yeah. But uh, Be- Becky, I should say, you've to, spent a lot of time digging yourself out of a hole here. <laughs> but I should say, to back her side of the argument up, she hasn't loved everything I like. She's been like, yeah, it's okay. So things yeah, I've like seen that on Letterboxd. the Star Wars films. I think she you put her through a lot. She enjoyed Hot Fuzz a lot. That's good. I think. But yeah, Jurassic Park. I'm trying yeah. because. I just think, uh, my view is like, imagine watching those films for the first time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We all did once. We all did once. So, um, big hitter here, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. I haven't seen it, you have, and you gave it two fat stars. Yeah. Talk to me. Uh, So it starts off with this prologue scene that has a de-aged Harrison Ford. Instantly annoyed. Because the de-aged Harrison Ford, it's still old Harrison Ford doing the motion capture acting. So his voice sounds old and gruff. Right. And his mouth kind of moves like current Harrison Ford does. So it's really off-putting. But obviously, like, we all... Harrison Ford's such a... Like, we know him as Indiana Jones. We know him as Han Solo. That we're used to knowing what he was like when he was young. So it just doesn't quite work. Mm. That being said, the whole prologue is the best bit. Like, it's a chase on a train and it's really high stakes and it's good. But then the rest of it was boring. Um, our mutual friend, Ellis Potter, who I went with, he was kind of saying it was just chase after chase after chase, which is kind of true. It was just a lot of just chase sequences. But Kingdom of the Crystal Skull gets a lot of hate 
the fourth one. I enjoy King of the Crystal Skull. I think it still has that charm and that charisma, and this doesn't have any of that. You had a problem, though, because your aircon was off. The aircon, I was already grumpy air because it was hot. Yeah. But it was also like two and a half hours long. And I, I, there is something that happens at the end that if I told you these two words, you'd be like, what? You'd be annoyed with it. But I don't want to tell you because it will... Well, if you'd said the end of the Crystal Skull, you'd be like, huh? Yeah, and that's part of the re- that's part of the things I don't like about. But this is, I'd say, more far fetched, right, than the Crystal Skull ending. Well, I'll save my judgment. Yeah, save your judgment. What else have I watched? Oh, I have. I rewatched Game, Game Night. Night. Yeah, Becky enjoyed that one. She really enjoyed that one. Mm. The bit at the end where Rachel McAdams goes, "Oh no, he died!" because she cheers because she beats mm. the guy. That's really good. You should get her to watch. I love you, man. Mm. She'd love it. I bet she would actually. Slap the bass. We well, I can go into my challenge, Gareth. Do I or not? Yeah, let's do it. Challenge, Gareth. Um, only I, com- I completed it. Up front, completed it last night. Last night, yeah. Um, we can watch. We can edit this out, but I, I did record some videos, but probably not enough. Well, we can watch them now, and we can edit them to some sort of form in a bit if you'd like. Okay. Um, if if this works. So should I set up the challenge first? Oh yeah, go on. And then, yeah. Okay. So the challenge was watch two films back to back, a double bill that is a stranger double bill than Barbie and then Oppenheimer. And you picked Bratz the movie and The Hateful Eight. Mission accomplished. Mission accomplished, just there. Just yeah. leave it there, really. But I did actually watch it. Unless you've told me to watch something as random opposite apart as Oppenheimer and Barbie I think I've I think I've managed it I've got two films here and I'm about to start watching them so um, the first option or the first one I'm watching first is Bratz Bratz the movie uh, looks like a print out <laughs> girl power for the new generation that's by the Sunday Mirror see the Bratz come to life for the first time in the all new live action box office smash I can't wait. So that's coming up first. And then next up, we're going for The Hateful Eight. So I think pretty opposite ends of the spectrum. Bratz and The Hateful Eight. I've not seen either of them. Let's go. Oh, my God. I'm going to enjoy this. <laughs> not a weird way. So listen, Bratz. Where you um, You know what? It's, it is what it is. It's a Bratz film. What, what do you expect? The high school movie with gratitude. What do you expect it to be? Great? You expect it to be good? Probably not. No one's expecting it to be good. And it's not good. But I, did it I took what I wanted from it. Bit of cultural appropriation. Well, quite a lot. Um, they tried to be inclusive. It didn't quite work out. Um, but it's, it was the noughties. That's what that's what it was. It was trying to be inclusive, but they weren't actually. So it could have been worse. I've seen a lot worse films than Bratz the movie, and that's a surprise in itself. Anyway, what am I talking about? It's time for <laughs> it's time for the hateful eight. I don't think I did anymore. What am I talking about? <laughs> so so uh, Bratz. 
not as bad as I thought, is really enough. Cultural appropriation-wise, for example, there's a Mexican family, but the daughter is not Mexican. But then right. she walks downstairs in the, in the morning and there's a, a mariachi band in the kitchen what? having breakfast with them. I'm like, yeah. For no reason. that's what just, Mexican families have. Right. They just have bands just, around yeah. just in case. Right. Just little things like that. That make you go... There's quite a lot of naff bits. But then, like I say, what do you expect? Like you say, I've but then, got, everyone's got a lot of naff bits. Pre-Barbie, that's what I'd say. But now Barbie seems to be like it's doing... It's going to be great. Mm. Of course you expect more from your dolls in a film. Yeah. True. So Barbie's ruined brats. Yeah, yeah. For everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and what about The Hateful Eight? I can't believe you've never seen it. I'm so excited. Yeah, well, I had to... I, I didn't record it because I had to then split it. And then I, I went to record more. But obviously it was the day later and I was wearing a different T-shirt. So I was like, oh, well. <laughs> so I didn't record anymore. Um, yes. Do you know what? This is going back to what we were saying about the state of cinema today. You watch something like that and it just it highlights the point. It's yeah. the exception that proves the current rule. That's why I think it's quite selfish of Quentin Tarantino to say he's going to retire after his next film. Because he's bringing, you know... Yeah, but he's going to make TV and stuff, isn't he? And he's writing stuff. And he's always said 10 films. Always. Yeah. Since day dot. But now he's done 10 films. He's saying Kill Bill was two. Uh, one film. Uh, That's the, always the debate, isn't it? I think it's one film. Yeah, I think so. But what a, what a collection of films he's got under his name. I love every single film. And then, because the, I had the DVD, there was a special uh, feature about the 70 mil. Oh, yeah, yeah. Screen. It just looks incredible. I wish I'd seen it. Mm. But you can just tell by the way it's filmed and the landscapes. It's just amazing. One of the most famous cinema facts is, uh, you might have heard it, but when Kurt Russell smashes the guitar. Yeah. Have you heard this fact? No. That guitar was an antique that was given to them. And he improvised smashing it up on their like, last what? take. So when she's like, no, 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 because she knows it's an antique, he doesn't. So when he's smashing it up and she's like, no, 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 and she kind of looks off camera as if like she's looking at Quentin or a producer yeah. or somebody. Uh, yeah, so it was a real... What happened? I, I don't know. I assume he probably paid for it, but I, I don't actually know. But it was in a museum and it got given oh to them. Oh my God. Yeah. Why would they do that? Doesn't that didn't That's a detail that didn't need to happen, no. really. no. That is interesting. I remember that bit very um, vividly. Well, you definitely passed your challenge. Thanks, mate. Which means you've passed every challenge. I have. So far. This is a big old month, though. I'm not going to give you one. Because it's a big month. It's a challenge in itself. Um, Well, I do have two weeks off. So do you want me to give you one? Is that what you're saying? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It depends what it is. Uh I quite enjoyed the inner one thing. Mm-hmm did enjoy that yeah um, well I could I could give you another one if you've I would got one like, in the bank I would like you we in go. your two weeks off yeah to watch a film that is entirely the whole thing takes place at a wedding the whole thing the whole film takes place at a wedding there's got to be films out there I can think of a couple or at least like over a few weddings the whole thing is about weddings so like Wedding Crashes well, was, That's weddings. the first one that came to yeah. mind But it has to be one you haven't seen Oh that's okay. going to be tough Yeah So any film that is about weddings So it can't just be that it finishes in a wedding 
Just felt I just thought of one. Do you want me to go vocalize on. it? Go on. My big fat Greek wedding. Is that There's one? I guess so. Have I you never seen, seen it? it? But there you go. It's got wedding in the title. Father of the Bride. Have you seen Father of the Bride? Of course I have. Great film. Father Ride Two, though, I might not have seen. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah, we can work with this. Plus one. That's a good one. They're two friends, and they uh, decide they've got loads of weddings through the summer, so they decide to be each other's plus ones. Right. That's right. fun. Yeah. I think we can work with this. Yeah. Okay. There you go. And Sarah love it. Sarah love it. Yeah. Yeah. She can get so involved. So get Sarah involved. Perfect. My wife. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Sarah? My wife. <laughs> I just married her. <laughs> uh, but that'll be fun. The wedding and uh, the challenge. Yeah. Sarah, Which... would you like to watch this? Because you're my wife. <laughs> All right, guys, chill out. Jesus Christ. Yeah, fine, we'll watch it. Let's segue there into the interview, which is with Hugo Andre, who, similar to last month, he's a writer, mm-hmm. he's a director... And he's an actor. He's one of those talented folks who does it all. And he's got a film out called Makeup, which is available now for digital download on Amazon and Apple TV. I sat down with Hugo for about 15 minutes and spoke about his film Makeup, which you can go watch. It's available. I would highly recommend it. It's really, really good. Mm -hmm. Um, It's an independent film. It's a feature film. Unlike last time where it was a short, it's a full feature. It's very good. But one thing... I will say is that we mentioned that he was working on a Star Wars TV show. Yeah. Which he, obviously, as those things seem to be, you can't talk about it much. But I don't think I clarified in the interview, it was afterwards, that he was a is a crew member. So he's not going to be starring in the Star Wars show. Uh, he's a crew member on the, on the Star Wars show. So don't then think, I'm going to watch that because he's going to be in it. He's a crew member. Um, he didn't go into more detail than that. But here is the interview with Hugo Andre. Please enjoy. Hello, Hugo. How are you? I'm very well. How are you, mate? I'm good, thank you. Uh, I hear you're on a shoot. Is that right? Yeah, I'm on a night shoot at the moment. So I'm just, I literally woke up half an hour ago. I'm not going to nice. lie. <laughs> I respect it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that, that's like a two week night shoot. So it's, it's pretty full on, but it's fun. Okay, for a film you've written and directed? or No, for a Star Wars Disney Plus TV series. Oh, wow. How exciting. I, can you say much more than that? or I don't know. I, <laughs> I can't remember what's in the contract, so maybe I shouldn't just in case. Okay, fair enough. Uh, we're here today to talk about your amazing film, Makeup, which honestly I thought was excellent. Uh, it's funny, it's Thank fresh, you. it's poignant. I mean, people don't just have to take it from me. It's won loads of awards and it won quite a few awards in 2021. Obviously, we're two years later now. How's how's the reception been on the film from then to now? Yeah, it's been good. I mean, it's been it's been mixed. You know, obviously, um, some topics within the film are always going to stir up some sort of controversy mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, I mean, the overall response has been really positive. I think, and yeah, I mean, it was in festivals like two years ago, but that's just because because of COVID and because of other things, you know, it took quite a while for it to go through the festival process and I couldn't attend, you know, a lot of the festivals because of COVID. And then it took a while to get distribution on board or it took a while for us to agree um, on, you know, certain terms with regards to distribution. Um, But then, you know, it all came through in the end and we were, we're really happy with our, with where it's going and with the deal that we've got. So yeah, it ended well. 
Nice. Well, um, can you just describe the early process to me, like how this film first came about? So the writing, because you wrote it, you directed it and you starred in it, which we'll get onto in a minute, but just the writing process mainly, what was that like? Yeah, it was, it was weird actually, because the day that I came up with the idea for makeup was the same day that I screened my very first short film to my business partners at the time. So I was screening it to them and I remember my mind sort of drifting off while they were watching it. And I started just thinking about this idea and I started thinking about this idea, which was inspired by one of my other best friends. And essentially his um, sister used to be his brother and she transitioned. And I just started thinking about that for some reason. And, you know, I was quite close with them at the time and, you know, I was spending a lot of time there. So maybe it was just, you know, on my mind sort of thing. Yeah. And I remember when my business partners finished watching the short film, I basically said, Hey, I think I've got an idea for a feature. And then they were like, what? <laughs> and I was like, no, just like, hear me out. You know, I think I've got an idea. And I started talking about it and it was through talking about it with them that they started bouncing ideas back at me sort of thing. And then that's how the conversation started. And then I ended up sort of, you know, creating a bit of the story and writing sort of like a very loose first draft on my own. And then I used that to then go to my friend, Will Machetta, who then essentially helped me, you know, sort of add that, you know, that, that meat <laughs> to the, sure. to the, the story and to the dialogue. And, you know, every draft after that, we were writing it together, you know, pretty much. So it was, um, yeah, it was really cool. And it, it was interesting because it was a story that was kind of inspired by friendships, you know, Mm. And I, we used a lot of the friendship that Will and I had within the story because then we ended up starring in it together, which was just kind of coincidental. But we were using a lot of our quirks in in our friendship to kind of to kind of write it, you know. So you say it was coincidental. You didn't when you were writing it and coming up with it. You didn't initially think you'd play those parts, or no, not really. So part of it was budget to be honest so we couldn't within the the confines of a budget we couldn't really afford two cast members for 30 plus days so we were like damn who who hangs around the set for 30 plus days and isn't needed much and i was like oh us two you know? <laughs> <laughs> so i was like fine i'll just have to direct myself no worries um and apart from budget, the other thing was that I actually based Sasha loosely off my dad. Right. Um, I don't know why, maybe it was subconscious. I just started writing a character that was kind of like based off the experiences that my dad had, you know, whether it was issues that he had with his hands or whether it was um, him coming to England when he was sort of my age and, you know, being within the, you know, being in kitchens and things like that. So... I kind of loosely based it off him and then I started thinking, well, I can't really cast somebody else to be my dad. I kind of have to cast myself. Right. You know, it mm -hmm. makes the most sense. <laughs> um, I, I don't think I did my dad justice though, because my dad actually isn't like that. He's, uh, <laughs> he's quite, he's quite different, but I just thought I'm going to make a, you know, do a weird spin on his personality and make it quirky and weird. <laughs> sure. There's, there's something I noticed that I wanted to bring up that in the scenes in the office that happen, it seems to be like a duller palette. I don't know whether that was like, it kind of like feels like it has almost a like darker filter on those scenes. Was that something that was intentional? Was there, was there something in there um, that was yeah, in no, the creative uh, process? 
hundred percent, hundred percent. I think that was um, an idea from quite early on that we wanted to change the color palette slightly, and we wanted to change the lighting, change the the color grade, you know, to sort of represent a different side to his life yeah. that is maybe less colorful, and you know, sort of like you know, bringing out the the grays, the greens, you know, the the things that make the viewer feel maybe slightly uneasy or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then obviously the rest of the time have a little bit more color, a little bit more vibrancy within the within the scene, just to show that maybe he is more he's more at ease or, you know, he's more within his 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 world that he wants to be in. Yeah. And you see the two characters get more comfortable as, as the things go on. And uh, there, there's two bits in particular. There's the scene when you have Sasha going over to Dan when in the fancy restaurant. And then later on, there's a scene where Dan comes into Sasha's room and Sasha's there with, with his friends. Those felt very parallel to me watching them, like very kind of the shoes mm-hmm. on the other foot. Um, mm-hmm. did, were they two pivotal moments that kind of anchored the, the film? Yeah, they're, they're two kind of, they're probably the two most pivotal moments because they're kind of like this mirror image, right? In mm, terms of yeah. scenes. And it's to show like the toxicity within both friendship groups because yeah. Maybe you wouldn't even expect it, you know, like maybe you would expect it with the finance bros, you know, like those guys, Dan's friends, so to speak, or colleagues, you'd probably see a lot more toxicity on the, on the surface with them. But what I kind of wanted to represent with Sasha's friends is although they come across, you know, quite nice and quite amicable, whatever, there is actually some toxicity there as well, you know, behind closed doors, so to speak, maybe they wouldn't be necessarily super rude face to face, but you know, there's something there. Right. Um, sure. and I kind of wanted to, sh- to represent both sides and, and show them in different ways as well, you know, show how they can be mean and sort of like toxic in, 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 in both ways, even if they think they're just making a joke, you know, like Sasha's friends, they think they're just playing around making a joke. They didn't realize it would hurt Sasha's feelings, you know? Yeah, definitely. Uh, we at Focus Film love to talk about, cinema and talk about films and get people to watch films as much as possible. That's kind of our, our message. Um, so I've got a few questions about that and films you've maybe been watching recently to start with the films that influenced makeup. So were there any certain films that you kind of took influence in either your direction or in your performance style? So overall, I wanted to, well, the DOP and I, we kind of had this idea that we wanted to that we wanted makeup to kind of have a classic French cinema feel. So like we kind of like, you know, just like a combination of like that sort of that French cinema, you know, kind of like just very soft and very almost like ethereal sort of within, you know, within the camera and the lighting and just very like, you know, it's slightly comedic as well. A lot of the time, like there's just like this comedic elements that come in slightly. Um, but then other than that, uh, another inspiration was some like it hot, but I actually think, I think it was Will, Will Machetta that, that made that comparison, um, with, with some like it hot. And actually, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this or not, but we actually showed <laughs> a scene from some like it hot in the film. And I okay. really loved that scene, but we yeah. had to cut it because right. of copyright issues, obviously. Uh, but you know, we were naive at the time. We were like, yeah, 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 we'll be able to get the copyright. No problem. Yeah. Um, but we didn't, which is a real shame because it was a cool scene. Um, but we would, you know, it was kind of like a tribute to something like that. Well, you said there about like the comedy in, 
in and it is like a real subtle comedy in moments. The one that stuck out to me was when you were it was your character of Sasha sitting trying to get comfy in the house downstairs, like sitting mm-hmm. in different mm-hmm. places. Um what was how did that come about, that idea? So it's kind of like observational comedy, you know, it's yeah. like sort of just like, it's not supposed to be laugh out loud funny, but you're just supposed to think like, what is he doing? <laughs> like, it's just so, yeah. so weird. And I'm going to kind of expose myself a little bit here, but a lot of the, the Sasha's quirks are kind of just exaggerated from my own quirks. Okay. So like the things that he's doing, I have been known to do. <laughs> just, <laughs> he's just on an, on another level because I mean, I kind of suffered from OCD and things like that. And I, I find myself being very particular with certain things, you know, mm-hmm. I, you know, like in my apartment, for example, you know, I've just always got that spot that I sit in. And if I don't sit in that spot, I'm like, Oh, it doesn't feel right. You know? Sure. Um, so, you know, I was just kind of using that mentality and just implementing it into the film. I thought it'd be sort of weird and, and funny really. And then to branch into films, kind of wider as a broader topic conversation what have you been watching recently um what, what films have you been seeing and what was the last film you went to see at the cinema so empire of light and the fablemans have probably been two of the most recent yeah um which i thought were really interesting because they're both films about film about film yeah so yeah so i, I thought for me as a filmmaker i thought that was really interesting because it was like you know it was um it was just kind of going deeper into the, the psychology of film and they they were explaining, you know, why they loved film in such beautiful ways, you know, whether it was Steven Spielberg's story as a kid growing up and I could actually relate to a lot of his his experiences, you know, like wrangling his friends and making short films, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, I can relate to that. I was doing that when I was like 13, 14. My friends hated me for it, but then now it's nice to look back on, you know. There's kind of something with the Fablemans that it's it's – because you're focusing on his Steven Spielberg, who now obviously is the massive director he is, seeing him as a child kind of fills you with this thing of like, oh, okay, well, I, he was also like anyone else who's trying to come up in the industry. And Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And it's it's interesting because I saw a similar trajectory with him throughout the film that I, I saw with my own life up to this point. So I'm like, oh, you know, maybe I'll also be as big as Steven Spielberg. <laughs> Directing Jurassic Park. Uh, it's it's going to happen. Yeah, maybe not Jurassic Park, you know. But <laughs> I, Do you have a, a favourite Spielberg film? Oh, that's a very good question. Uh, um, I actually quite liked War Horse, but maybe that's just because at the time I watched it, I liked it. Maybe if I rewatched it, sure. I wouldn't like it as much. Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, good shout. Yeah, yeah, probably. Are you saying about Empire of Light as well? Yes. Um, so, I mean, I really admired Roger Deakins' work as a cinematographer, DOP. And yeah, I mean, Empire of Light is beautiful. It's beautiful to look at. I thought the performances from Olivia Coleman and Michael Ward were, were really, really strong as well. Um, so yeah, I liked it. It was a, it was like a nice little film. It, it almost felt for me anyway, like this is kind of within my range right now of like, this is something I could do. You yeah. Know? Cause it's quite a contained film. Mm-hmm. The performances are strong, but it doesn't really, it doesn't really go too far outside of that one location, that cinema, you know, it feels something that's achievable, something that, you know, um, that I can work towards within my career. So it was a nice, nice film in that respect as well. And then have you got a plan of what you want? Have you got anything in your head of what you want to write direct next? Uh, what's the plan next? 
so I've already written uh, two new features. Okay. And um, within that time. And yeah, we're in development at the moment for a psychological thriller. Very different to make up. Um, hard hitting subject matter about mental health within the correctional system in a okay. dystopian future. So a lot to unpack there. Yep. Um, but that's really exciting. You know, we're really bumping up the scale on the next one. Um, bigger budget, um, named actors attached and we're in talks with, you know, you'll, you'll recognize the names of the actors okay. that we've, we've got on board. I can't really say anything cause we're still in the negotiation phase, sure. um, but it's looking really exciting. And I think this will be my, this will be the, the film that helps define my career sort of thing. Okay. Well, that's very exciting. I wish you all the best of it. Makeup is out on the 26th of June in the UK and 27th worldwide available for digital download. That's correct. Great. Yeah. Well, I wish you the best of luck, Hugo. Thanks so much for talking to us today. And I'll let you get back. I mean, you might be able to fit some more sleep in. I don't know. No, no. I'm just going to send some emails and then go to the night shoot. Lovely. Well, best of luck and thanks again for talking to us today. Thanks, Ellis. Appreciate that. So yeah, makeup is available on Amazon and Apple TV. I would highly recommend it. So... Next, we would do a top five. Have we got a top five? No. I've had an idea of one we could do, mm. if you're happy for me to... Yeah, I've been trying to think. I've been thinking of some lately, but I've not written them down. You have this to This is my start, big problem. Yeah, write them down. Big, big problem. Start writing them down, and then... Bring them to the table. We can talk about it. Yeah. So unless you've got something... Um. No, no, no. Top five Margot Robbie films. Wow. She's going to be in Barbie. Do you know what? We were talking about her in the car. Yeah. One of the actors of our time, right? I, w- I would genuinely say, at the minute, the actor of our time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, our time being the past few years. <laughs> <laughs> our time being now. Yes. Right now. But she's she was in Babylon at the start of the year. She was in Asteroid City that we just watched. Itonia, Bird of Prey. About Time, The yeah. Wolf of Wall Street, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. Both Suicide Squads. You've seen Bombshell? That's quite good. I've not seen that, no. Uh-huh. Mary Queen of Scots, she was great in that. I haven't seen that one either. Mm. The yeah. Big Short. Do you know what? Bloody hell, she's so good. She's brilliant. And who could forget Peter Rabbit and Peter Rabbit too? I haven't seen them. Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> So are we judging, let's say, are we judging on her performance or so the, her, our favourite characters of hers? Well, I, my only caveat is I haven't seen Itonia, mm. but that's quite a pivotal one for her. Yeah, right? me too. Have you seen it? No. Mm. Well, that's fine. She is fantastic as Harley Quinn. She is fantastic as Harley Quinn. I really enjoyed Birds of Prey. Have you seen it? I haven't, but I, really, I have really seen it. Suicide Squad and whatever else she's in. She's in something else, isn't she? Um, well, both Suicide Squads. Oh, yeah, of course. That's what I'm thinking of. But she's got such a an energy in those. But yeah, I recommend Birds of Prey. Okay. So do we think we're going on characters then? Mm, More than films. I guess so. But the films that she's in. But like, yeah, but she's like getting... Like if she was... If Harley Quinn was first, it's Harley Quinn that's first, not the Suicide Squad. Or Birds of Prey. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. The problem here is, obviously Barbie's coming out. 
That could. It could, but that's why we're doing this, right? Got it. Because then... Pre-Barbie. Pre-Barbie. What about Wolf of Wall Street? I really like her in Wolf of Wall Street. She, like, considering before that, she was still kind of up and coming. Mm Mm-hmm. And to stand with Leonardo DiCaprio, who is one of the forces of acting, and just dominate every scene she's in with him. She's just like, unless obviously the characters demand it to be the other way around. She's just so forceful and and just in charge Mm. uh, of everything. And I think that definitely has to be on the top five. Yeah, 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 yeah. She was incredible in Babylon. Right. Nelly Leroy. I think it's currently my performance of the year. That scene where they're trying to get the mics, yeah, is it's brilliant. One of the scenes of the year so it's, far. Right? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's so I think it is my favorite scene of the year. And she she carries that whole scene. Yeah, she does. Right? She carries brilliant. the energy of it. She's so good. And she carries the film in a lot of ways. Yep. Um, oh yeah, if she wasn't the lead. I don't think it would be as good. No. Um, what about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Yeah, yeah. I need to rewatch that. What a great film that was. There was a lot of criticism that she's not in it enough. But the story's not about Sharon Tate. She's just the other side of <clears throat> the story of Hollywood in that she's like the one coming into Hollywood yeah. as as the others are kind of struggling to stay in it mm-hmm. and, are, and are on their way out. Uh, what are their names? Cliff and Rick. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I think that's a good one. Maybe not as good as like Babylon or Wolf of Wall Street, but it's definitely on the top five of that performance. So where are we at? How many characters have we got here? We've got four. What other films have you seen of hers? So I've seen Amsterdam, which was a really boring film, and I don't really remember much, didn't it? So uh, I've seen The Big Short, which is really good, but she's not in it loads. You mentioned Bombshell. Yeah, it's not the best film, but it's good, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we haven't seen it, but I, Tonya, I like it's so iconic that it's almost worth <laughs> thinking about. yeah. Um, even if it's in fifth place fifth place but yeah she's really really good in Mary Queen of Scots right and she plays uh, Queen Elizabeth I why is that not showing up on my list it's there look come on the Goldie one. Oh yeah of course yeah is that with Emma Stone and Sasha Sasha Ronan in it or someone uh, yeah Sasha Ronan um, not Emma Stone I got that wrong yeah David Tennant's in it Oh. But yeah, I enjoyed it. That was a lockdown watch for me. And about time, she's quite a small role in it. Yeah. So we're talking... I, Tonya, or Mary Queen of Scots? Uh, I, Tonya, I think. So I've Tonya, seen... Tonya. Yeah, I've seen a lot of that <laughs> without actually seeing the whole film. It was on at Christmas, I think, this year. Oh, really? I saw a bit of it. Uh, and there's the scene in the mirror when she's like... She's just breaking down basically, and then like puts her like face on, like a fake face, and yeah, it's very powerful. So maybe that's the order, right? So what? A fifth Itonia, fourth Once Upon, yeah, third Babylon, second Wolf of Wall Street, and first Harley Quinn. I don't know as Harley Quinn should be first, maybe, but I. It's a most iconic yeah. role, isn't it? And she makes it. It'd be hard to replace. Yeah, you know. for sure. I bet James Gunn, who's obviously replacing everyone in DC, wants to keep her, really. Yeah, yeah. But I think Babylon would More go second. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. 
There you go then. So fifth place, Itonia. Fourth place, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Third place, Wolf of Wall Street. Second, Babylon. And first, all of her work as Harley Quinn in the DCEU. Maybe to come, be to be replaced somewhere in there is Barbie. Yeah. And honourable mentions, Mary Queen of Scots. Yeah. And um, About Time. Yeah. On The Big Short, for sure. Because she's good in it. She's just not in it much. Yeah. Cool. And Asteroid City, maybe, if you wanted to. Just oh, yeah, Because yeah. she's just in it. But yeah. though, is that... Mm, I suppose it's a bit of a spoiler, isn't it? She's only in it right at the end. Well, she's in the cast when it rolls at the beginning, uh, I okay. guess. I don't know. Anyway. But yes, very good shout there. Top five of her. There we go. Top fives. So, all this left to do is a film club. Just talk about the fact that we've picked it. You picked it. I did. So make sure you go and uh, listen again to the ninth one. It was really good fun, wasn't it? A lot of fun, little yeah. cheeky remarks. Yeah. You know, we're like 100% banter, like we were talking about how glass is made at the start, start of the show. Yeah, people um, riveted. If you enjoyed that, you'd definitely enjoy Yeah, it's full of that kind of thing. Across the Spider-Verse. Yeah. And <laughs> what, did I, what did I call it the last one? <laughs> Risky with a... What was it? <laughs> Raining with a chance Raining with a... <laughs> Cloudy with a risk of meatballs. It was something like that. Something completely stupid. It was just... <laughs> I can't believe it. When I listened to it back, I was like, you bloody idiot. <laughs> uh, anyway, so the next one, um, because Tom Cruise is back on our screens, everyone. He's saved Hollywood, as Spielberg rightly pointed out. Yep. He saved the cinema. And he's back with Mission Impossible 7. More, uh, yeah. Yeah. And so we're, <laughs> he's, he's here with a new Mission Impossible. And so we're going to do that and the very first one and maybe compare how it's changed. Um, it's going to be a hoot. Dead Reckoning it? Part 1. There we go. Yeah, there's loads of stunts. It's going to be a big, big cinematic smash. So make sure you go and watch it in the cinema if you can afford to do so. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. Like Gareth said, you can check out the previous episodes of the podcasts any interviews we've done including this one with Hugo Andre make sure to check out his film Makeup basically we've figured out the best way to keep in touch with things is by reading the newsletter can I stop you there? this is why I was pointing at you because I didn't you said, do it no but you said you wanted to do it after this has come out uh, so people can follow the newsletter right so that then yeah I'm making you sound better than I yeah, think yeah thanks you, no well it's been busy isn't it for everyone involved, summer. Isn't summer busy? It's ridiculous. And I'll be honest, I'm not wishing it away because I've got a lot to look forward to through the summer, but I am looking forward to October. Every, I love mm. I love the fall. I think October is my favourite. October, month November. Of the year. September, I'd add in there. Yeah. All of autumn. December. I can, I can take all of you. Gets busy again. December's busy. January's a ball egg. February is even worse. And then March, March is things start to look better. Again, this is the kind of pitter-patter. Yeah, it's just non-stop. The back and forth that we have. It's non-stop. You were saying about a newsletter. Yes, so we've got a newsletter that I've not written this month so far, but hopefully, fingers crossed, everything crossed, we'll get one out. So make sure you sign up to see whether I do or not. Make sure to follow that inconsistent piece of uh, thing that we're saying is the best way to keep in touch with us. It's basically the best way to follow it is to go to Focus Films Online, go to the top and there'll be a newsletter bit on there click on that and you can subscribe you will never get an email from us but no I'm joking you do which is good really you don't want too much there's too, many, too, much. too many emails 
Thanks for listening. Please do hit that like or subscribe button. Thanks to today's guest, Hugo Andre. You can follow us at Focus Film Blog and read new reviews on focusfilms.online. With thanks to Charles Whitcomb for the theme music. Music.